Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of GoreCom, in which we take the time to speak with small back executives right after they put out important news. With us today, happy to have him back, Paul Gezi, CEO of Control Energy, trades on the CSC under the stock symbol KNR. For our friends in the U.S., KNRLF, and for our friends in Europe, 1K8 on Frankfurt. Now, for those who are new to the story, that's going to be a lot of you because KNR has become a bit of a market darling these last three, four months. There are two sides to this company. First, if Google Nest is the leader in smart home technology, Control Energy is a small cap leader in smart building technology. More just lip service. Some of their clients includes uh, Oxford Properties, Brookfield Asset Management, Telus, and more. Some of the great names out there. More and revenue for nine months kind of adds up to that. Eight point one million dollars as of the end of September 30th. The other side of the business, the Control Bio Cloud, which has really caught the attention of everyone. Uh, it's a real-time analyzer. It's, desi it's designed to detect airborne viruses, including COVID-19, obviously, by continuously sampling air quality and, where necessary, triggering a silent cloud-based alert to facility managers. It really is unique, and, uh, and, and they've really been moving things along since last time we spoke. Patents, manufacturing contract, additional federal funding, and distribution, and that's what we're going to talk about with Paul. Welcome back. Hey, how are you? I've aged uh, 30 years and three months. So just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I'm not wondering. Hopefully, hopefully your wife's not wondering. But uh, if, you, <laughs> if you've aged, I'll make sure I'll get you some kind of uh, some kind of beard, some kind of beard dye. For yeah. It sounds to me that even though you may have aged a bit, that things mm -hmm. are going uh, really well. Since the last time we spoke, you've made some great progress. I want to touch on those elements. The global agreement, first of all, the shareholders want to hear about you know, sales and marketing distribution, yeah. the one with United Safety and survive and survivability. Yeah. How big could this be? How important was this first one for control? Yeah. So look, we're we're really excited about where we are. And uh, as you know, right, what, one of the things that makes us slightly unique is we want our execution to do the talking for us. And, um, you know, things take time to execute. That's just the way business is, right? You can't create a business in a day. But if you look at the last three months in aggregate, We've had a really great run here with, as you mentioned, you know, filing of patents, you know, four patents, three in the U.S., one in Canada, the NRC a contribution of $500,000, which, um, you know, is pretty exciting for us because that's federal funding, you know, and, and NRC is Canada scientist. Um, you know, the distribution agreement with United, which is uh, based on ground transportation, an area we're not strong in, so we think that's a great place to have a partner. Uh, there's going to be more stuff coming out on ground transportation, you know, because of that, you know, the phone's ringing, you know, these are all things that as a business owner who's building a business, I'm the largest shareholder, as you know, right, and our, our management team are big shareholders. As a business owner, you want the phone ringing, you want excitement about your products, you want to work towards that product launch. And that's really been the last three months of, of all the grindy hard work to get a product out the door, which you don't get rewarded for, and that that's okay. But what what's there is the systems and the process and all the infrastructure that we need to make this successful, and that's why I look like this, right? I'm beat up, but I'm <laughs> but I'm excited. <laughs> so. Paul, you're the GQ CEO. If I had that on the fashion show, you'd be the you'd be the anchor. Eh? You'll be the anchor guy at the very end. I don't know what you're talking about, but but you're looking great. But uh, yeah, everything is hitting on all cylinders, and so, you know who does get rewarded, Paul? The shareholders who realize that they that realize that control is an Amazon. You're not Google. You're not Netflix. You don't make everything happen on your time. But what you have said will happen. 
has happened, right? And that's pretty good. Yeah, I think we're proud of the fact that we've laid out certain milestones and we feel like within a 90% range, we've been able to hit those. We don't control the timing of everything, of course, but we've been able to execute on the milestones and deliver. And if you think about where we started in September to where we are today, I mean, there's a lot of work, a lot of points on the board, a lot of infrastructure, um, a lot of things that are gonna bode well for the future. And if you think about, you know, my view has always been businesses are built over quarters and years, right? Not days and weeks. And so if you're building a business over quarters and years, you got to build the infrastructure to be successful. And that's where we are today. So with BioCloud as a new innovation and launching a new product, you know, we feel like we've done everything we could do to expedite that. And we're really comfortable. So on that point, you know, we're having an investor summit day. Um, so one of the things we took a lot of grief on, as you remember in the beginning was, well, we can't see it. We don't know. We, you know, it doesn't work. And, and we always said, look, <laughs> let, let us file our patents. We're, we're protecting shareholders, right? I mean, if you're going to open up your tech, if you're going to expose your technology, you know, um, you got to have patents in place and protect your shareholders. So now that we have that, we're going to have an amazing uh, day with investors and the media and analysts. We're going to open it up. And you're going to peek inside the box with us and we're going to walk you through step by step how the technology works why it works and and then we're going to following that we'll we'll, um, we'll send out our research i will make that public and all the research we've done on it and so now everything's going to be in the public domain protected by patents so we're really excited about spending the day with investors and sharing that and we just wanted everything in place first and so it's the right thing to do but you know we took a lot of grief for a while about not sharing that and why aren't you sharing it and so everything we do is for a purpose for long-term to create value for shareholders. I mean, that's how we operate. Well, I'm going to tell you, Paul, look, you know, I've been around this business for a long time, had 400 clients. So I know the cadence of companies when they're trying to create things. And BioCloud is one of the biggest ones I've seen because it involves patent government. I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable, the scope of it. And to see how far you guys have come since the first announcement, uh, anybody who gave you grief, anybody online who's given you grief, you, they just don't know what they're talking about. And, and that's a small percentage, by yeah, the way, Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't have to say this, but what where you guys have moved in the last three, four months, I haven't seen any company move on the, an initiative this big that fast. Very few. You're in the top 1% anyways. Yeah. Well, we, way, we, we, we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, it has to be said, right? I mean, you, what you guys are doing for the small cap world is you're, you know, you're going to be an example of one of these disruptive tech companies that I've been talking about that are going to dominate this decade. So uh, it, it deserves to be said. The second thing I want to say is you talk about that investor day on the 17th. I got, I'm going to make an inference. As soon as I saw that announcement, I said, man, things must be going fantastic for BioCloud because nobody puts on an event like this where you invite investors, the media and analysts do a demo and basically you know, open the Kimoto, right? Uh, how happy are you with where your position, where BioCloud is positioned as of today? Yeah, so look, we have always said, let, let the technology speak for itself, but we were in a period where we couldn't really share as much as we wanted to. And so, you know, we, we got a patent lawyer who's a great guy and we tried to expedite a patent process, but even that takes its appropriate time, you know, to file everything. Of course. So, you know, the excitement that we had, you know, it's kind of um, when you're the CEO of a public company, I think investors understand this and shareholders, right? You're limited in what you can say. That's just a fact. Of course. 
you got to let the facts speak for themselves. You can't be in advance and you got to be very careful, right? So from that perspective, you know, we're super excited, but it had to be the right time when everything was done to share it. So as soon as we had our patents filed, we basically said, look, what's a day that we can get all the investors together, the shareholders, you know, have an amazing webinar, take questions, uh, share the technology, still keep it protected under patent. And so the team said, okay, let's pick a date that works for us. It ended up being the 17th. And it's just kind of perfect timing to kind of let everyone in, right? And now when everyone can see how it works, you know, I, I think everyone's gonna be excited because they get to ask their questions, they get to see how it works. And then we move to that next level, which will be, you know, what's controls next milestone? What's your ne next objective? But, you know, we've moved, we've moved a really long distance from where we started, you know, kind of late in the summer to today. So we're very proud of that. Yeah, and I, I for one, am excited. I don't know. I have no idea what you guys are going to be presenting on that day. I'm, uh, I don't want to say in the dark, but I'm on the outside just like everybody else because I don't work at Control. But I'm excited about that day. I think it's going to be a great early Christmas present, Hanukkah holiday present for everybody. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about uh, the sales side, because I know a lot of shareholders are talking about that. So you've got this one great agreement with, with, uh, with United. Uh, how are other, how's the pipeline looking? If you're able to discuss, I know you can't give specifics, but are you happy with the uh, progress of the pipeline? So one of our challenges in, in getting in front of sales is we don't forecast. Uh, we're not looking at, you know, future oriented and financial information. What we can say is this, we publicly announced that, you know, uh, what we consider material sales will be announced to the public. What we consider non-material, we can post on social media and share. Um, you know, to get to a sale, and this is maybe the more important part, you have to have your infrastructure in place. You have to be ready to build units. You have to have all that, you know, manufacturing capacity at your disposal, and you got to be ready to go. So I think, you know, the more important question for us, you know, and this is, it's kind of the reverse of, um, which is really interesting of an investor looking in. So as the executive looking out, you're more worried about your infrastructure and being able to fulfill a potential client's order for sure. That you are about what's the sale today. So I think what will happen over time is as we start to execute in, in various pocket, uh, pockets of the market, you know, investors and shareholders can then start to say, okay, here in this sector, there's this sale. What's the addressable market in this sector? What's the addressable market in that sector? And so what we've learned from speaking with potential customers is what are their needs? What are they, they looking for? And what are their challenges? And it's interesting you know, uh, speaking about the vaccine. So we support vaccines, we support our government, you know, provincial and federal, but the vaccine became a market narrative where everything that wasn't a vaccine should be discounted, right? I don't know if you remember that a couple of weeks ago, it was- Yeah, yep. I was gonna ask you about it actually. I was gonna say, hey, listen, I want devil's advocate, <laughs> right. how does the vaccine and all right. the talk, if slow you down, right. if at all? So here's what's really interesting. In our, in our conversations with, I'm gonna say potential customers, they don't view the vaccine as solving their business problems, which is really interesting. So commercial real estate's down significantly, transportation's down significantly. Um, you know, if you think about how restaurants are dealing with the pandemic, what's happening to them. So the vaccine became a market uh, discounting narrative, which is not really where potential customers are. So my view is after that kind of whole event-driven, you know, narrative, uh, we view ourselves as really a complement to the vaccine where viral detection is going to be part of the lexicon for the next 10 years. And if you think about a good example, you know, DARPA just announced that they're looking for people or groups to submit airborne viral detection technology 
for closed environments like offices, you know, up to a thousand square feet. So that's kind of the biocloud language, right? And I really think in my view, and this is kind of looking out, you know, five, 10 years, okay, there's SARS-CoV-2, we know we need to solve that. What's that, what's that pandemic in two years or five or 10? So what we're hearing from potential customers is viral detection is important, whether it's at the building level or the office level. Yeah. I think the vaccine took some of the steam out of the market for a lot, a lot of folks, but that's not really how potential customers are talking about their right. business. Not for the business yeah. side, maybe for shareholders, but not on the business side. Right. right. And that's really kind of an interesting disconnect between, you know, the market and where business is. And I think that's really interesting. So from our perspective, nothing really changed. Um, you know, the phone's ringing, we're talking to folks, uh, we're building the infrastructure. And when we you know, are ready to announce sales, we're gonna announce them and the market's gonna be able to say, now it's worth X, now it's worth Y, you know, this market, that market. So, you know, we're very comfortable with where we are. We're very pleased and we're excited about what's coming. Yeah, that's, uh, that's comforting to know that the vaccine didn't really cause a slowdown on the biz dev side. And that makes sense, right? Because even if, look, you're hearing numbers out there, right, Paul, that 50, you know, 50, I saw something today, 55% of five firefighters get the vaccine. They're, they're serving people. So you're still going to have half the population right. doesn't have a vaccine, right. which means they're a risk. So right. unless we're at a hundred percent and that's never going to happen, right. your potential customers or potential customers of BioCloud are just going to have to have this because they can't afford right. to wake up one day and hear you shut down. Right. Got to close. There's only so many more of those they can survive. So that that's great to know. Any particular industries or territories that stick out for you guys uh, that that are showing more levels of interest? I don't know if you've got if you've had enough time to really come up with that because uh, it may be a, a limited sample. Yeah. So look, I, I would generally say um, you know the commercial sector is really interesting, and um, it's because um, you know people are concerned about going back to the office. Absolutely. In, in my view, this is my personal view, people are less productive at home. And some people might argue with that. But I do think team collaboration, there's certain things that you can only do as a team in an office setting. There's some things you can do at home. But I think the idea of you know commercial real estate not recovering is very scary for a lot of different groups. And I think that's an area where we've had a lot of interest. Yeah, I would say, you know, generally restaurants, which the entire industry is in chaos, right? And um, if people could stay open because they had viral detection technology, I think that's an area of great interest because it's been so hard hit. So I would say the interest comes from the pockets of the economy that have been hit the hardest. That's where the majority of the interest comes from. And um, so, you know, we've got, um, you know, I've, I've been repeating myself on this, but inbound calls from pretty much, you know, most countries, we're being very picky and choosy. Our patents are North, North America. So we're going to start here first. But it doesn't mean we won't have conversations, uh, you know, in other parts of the world. And uh, we're, we're just super excited about this idea that if viral detection technology becomes the new normal, right? If that's, if that's what we want as a society, well, we're here, you know, there's other competitors, there's DARPA. Um, but in my view, like about six months ago, I, I didn't see this part of the discussion around buildings. I didn't. And uh, we've had meetings with global HVAC companies. And so we know where they're going with what they want to do. And it's all really aligning towards, aligning towards if you've got fire detection, you've got carbon monoxide, you've got a safe building, you know, viral detection may be the next part of that technology solution. I think it has to be, Paul, because uh, COVID's now, but we've already gone through H1N1. We've already gone through other ones. So unfortunately, I wish I could say this is the last time we're ever going to see this, but this is the first one that really hit everybody hard. 
and you're selling the BioCloud as a 10-year product, by the way. People should know that. Right. You got a $12,000 price tag on it, which at first blush, people say, whoa, $12,000. I don't know if I can afford that. But right. you know, you're, it's, that's a 10-year product. So it's really $1,200 a year when you're amortizing it out. And, and I don't think yeah. anybody wants to be sitting here in 2024 or God forbid earlier or whatever the case may be and have to go through all this again. I think everyone's pretty much at the point where they're saying, yeah. we're going to be prepared for the next one so we can adapt fast. And, yeah, so uh, one thing I'll mention about cost is, is uh, so our sale price is 12,000 US retail. And what we've said to potential customers, you know, multi-units can, can accrue a discount. So that's one thing. The other thing is if you think about the cost of a vacant office, right? What is that cost per day to be vacant? And if you had four BioCloud units or five in that office, I think what you'll find is the expense or the investment in BioCloud pales in comparison to the cost of not getting rent. Easily. It right. is an for easy a restaurant you know, or a restaurant or fast food or something like that, where it's, it's um, closing down and not being able to open, you know, what does that cost per day? So I think what, you know, when the, at first blush, when you look at the retail price, you know, some investors have said to us or shareholders, well, that looks expensive. And I said, well, you got to compare it to the use application. And what are the profits that are being lost by that use application? And so we think relatively speaking, it's a small investment, you know, to support your business, have viral detection. And uh, if that becomes the new normal, you know, we're in a great spot. You talked earlier, uh, so I'll wind this down. You talked earlier about you wanted the number one priority you had, and it was so prudent for you to say that, was to make sure you had the manufacturing in place before you had the sales in place. Because the last thing you want to do was get sales, and then you didn't know how you're going to fulfill them. So you've signed manufacturing uh, service contracts. What kind of capacity have you guys uh, contracted for? Yeah, so what we're targeting, uh, and we announced that we we're working with a company called OES uh, Inc. in London. And they're a contract manufacturer and a great group. Uh, they've been part uh, some of our design work. They've got about 40,000 square feet of capacity. And the idea would be that they could ramp up that facility to 10,000 units per month of BioCloud. Uh, so they know the product well. And you know, there's always ways to find extra capacity once you're building. Uh, I think what's important for us is to get everything ready you know, prior to that scale up. And it's very important to have your supply chain down, you know, all your reagents. So, so we're still working hard on all those things, but, at, you know, things run in parallel, right? And um, one of the parallel processes is just making sure that you're building up your capacity so that when you're ready to strike uh, in, the, in the future, you're, you're prepared. And I think um, what's often lost in the market, you know, generally speaking, because CEOs, you know, they can't be on the radio every day and or on video or, or telling their story uh, in the media. It's, it's kind of, you know, you gotta pick your spots when you're communicating. But there's a lot of things happening in the background where you're setting up your systems for future success. And those systems, you know, they don't make a lot of noise and, uh, but they're systems that you need in your business to be successful. And I think we've been spending a lot of time on that, which is really important. And then, you know, in the future, when you're announcing your revenue and your deals, you're ready to go, right? And you're ready to fulfill. And so. I think our approach really is very simple. We're going to update the market. We're going to bring you into our tech, right? We're going to make you part of the technology so you see exactly how it works um, and, um, and part of the research. And as we move forward, you know, you're going to know about all the sales and then you're going to be able to address what is that market worth to control? How big is that market? And can I start putting some math on that? And quite frankly, I'm not sure a lot of that is baked into our story. 
and uh, and we'll execute that you know as we've done in the past but yeah we're we're happy with where we are it's been a grind no doubt uh, but you know it's a good place to be with kind of a why well, always say if you're innovating you're typically creating value and so we're happy with the innovation we're happy with the value that we've created you know since the summer months and we want to build a lot more value for shareholders and it's, and i gotta tell you just what talking to you paul it almost feels like control is just getting started it's almost like um you haven't had the dinner yet you've spent time preparing the meal <laughs> folding the napkins right. you know shining shining the cutlery and the 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 party hasn't even started yet or and that's what it's that's what it's starting to feel like and i, I like that i like it <laughs> i love how the well usually you should hire me on to help you out communications I, I might be able to help you there then <laughs> last question about the five hundred thousand dollar funding yeah what does that tell the world when the federal government says hands you a check for five hundred thousand dollars for for biocloud what's a signal that that sends out to partners potential customers and shareholders and, and everybody who's watching you. Yeah, so uh, so that's the National Research Council of Canada IRAP funding, which uh, is basically, they cover a certain amount of costs in the business related to the getting to commercialization and working through that process. So some of that includes labor, you know, some of that is material. So what it basically means is this, is um, they've independently um, reviewed our science and they, I want to say it this way because I don't want to speak for them, but they typically don't fund things that don't have the ability to be commercially successful. So if you make it through the review process, which is very in-depth, and they have independent reviewers, right? Uh, if you make it through that process and you get your funding, you know, you're typically dealing with something where there's confidence in the company's ability to commercialize, which basically means generate revenue in the future. So I think the way investors and shareholders should look at that is a strong positive uh, that we were able to deliver on our commitments and the support is fantastic. And, uh, you know, we're very proud of that accomplishment and, uh, you know, maybe it took a little bit longer than we thought, but those are things that we don't control. You know, that that's the life of running a business. Um, but I think it, it shows that we executed on our vision and our plan and hit another milestone. Yeah, I don't think there's anything you guys have dropped the ball on, Paul. Like you said, you, you don't control timelines because you're still this small cap company here in Ontario. So you don't really get to dictate terms right. uh, to anybody. But the fact of the matter is, since the last time we spoke and whatever news you've put out since then, you've delivered on everything. There isn't anything that's been a shortfall. So congratulations. Uh, whatever sleep you've lost and uh, and grind that you've been going through has clearly been well worth it. And I think I speak on behalf of all the shareholders who are watching or listen to this, that they appreciate that and they're seeing the result. And I think 2021 uh, is shaping up to be a, a, a great year. And I can't wait for the event on the 17th. Yeah, me too, man. Thanks for your time. And we look forward to having everyone uh, join us on the 17th. You've been watching or you've been listening by podcast to Paul Gezi. He's CEO of Control Energy. The company trades on the CSC and the stock symbol KNR in the US under KNRLF and for our friends in Europe under 1K8 uh, on Frankfurt Exchange. A lot of you are going to be new to the story. There's two kinds of investors we've got to control. The ones who've been around for a long time, you know, over the last 12 months, especially over the last six months, and the new people who are finding out about control every day. There's a lot to absorb here. This the one great thing, the great thing about disruptive technology is that it's disruptive and has all sorts of blue sky possibilities. The, the flip side to that is it's hard to wrap our minds around it because it's new and we don't quite understand it. So 
get to the control hub on Agoracom, go to the profile section. We've got everything there to kind of bring up to speed in layman's terms, all right? And then get over the control site to kind of complete your due diligence because clearly the company has done everything right in terms of patents, manufacturing, funding, distribution. And now they're holding this event on the 17th. I hope all of you join in for that. Uh, there's no excuse not to, especially if you're a serious small cap investor. And, uh, and hopefully when you get all that done, you've discovered your next great small cap company. And don't say we didn't tell you so about Control Energy because we love where this company is going. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.